Good morning, this is Tim Carter, and welcome to Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. Let's Talk is a one-hour program devoted to issues and developments that are of importance to Sedalia and the surrounding communities. With each hour dedicated to a subject, many times with expert guests joining the hosts, Let's Talk can probe deeply into the issues of the week. Let's Talk is hosted by Ron Tolner, John Meehan, and Tim Carter. Uh, in the studios this morning, of course, are uh, my sidekicks, Ron Tolner and Tim Carter. Uh, I'm John Meehan, and we have the honor and the privilege of having the Honorable Mayor Andrew Dawson in the studios this morning. And uh, Mayor Dawson, number one, thank you for taking the time to be here. Uh, I'll tell our listeners that you were a little bit late, uh, and that was because uh, of your multiple responsibilities. I know you came from uh, Bothell Regional Health Center. Mm-hmm. I think that they had a, uh, a report in regards to their finances and their audit, and it's more most important that you know the mayor of our city know kind of what's going on out there. So and yeah. we, we know that you're pulled in a lot of directions, so I say all that to say we appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, you know, I've had a chance to meet with you and and uh, and, and visit with you on a couple of occasions, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm afraid that our audience that's listening here this morning don't know who Andrew Dawson is. So I, would you give us a little background on you? Yeah, thank you, John. Yes. Well, the uh, so I was born in Tuscumbia, Missouri. We moved to Sedalia, I think, when I was about three or four. I was pretty little, can't remember exactly. <laughs> uh, but then uh, been here pretty much uh, throughout my entire life. Went to school at over at Washington Elementary, then Parkview. Graduated Smith Cotton. Uh, and uh, family's got a small business there at uh, 15th and Grand Custom Auto. We worked there for years. Uh, eventually got interested in city government ran for second ward councilman, was elected, uh, and then, of course, ran for mayor of city Sedalia and was elected. That, uh, w- number one, you're you're a hometown boy. I mean, yep. if you just spent the first three years out of our community. Mm-hmm. So uh, your, your business, you know, I've already told our listeners how much I know that you're committed in so many different ways, and I know you feel like your life is being pulled so many different directions. Uh, but Custom Auto, tell us a little bit about that. What role do you play in your actual paying job? Well, right now, it's pretty minimal because the, the – uh, being mayor can be pretty consuming. Yes, I mean, sir. It can pretty much consume everything. Yes. But before that was uh, managing, uh, helping manage the business with my sister there. It's a family-owned business. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of the kind of the extent of and, it. And what do they do there? Oh, they do like uh, automotive accessories, uh, oh, spray and bed liners, window tent, things like that. We've also got accounts with several dealerships around town where we do work for wholesale work for them too. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so. Uh, what, uh, tell the listeners what draw you, uh, drew you to, uh, I don't want to say political career, but, you know, mainly just wanting to serve initially on the city council. What drew you to that? Well, I love Sedalia, and uh, I see lots of potential. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, just the, the betterment of my community and the, the betterment of my environment. Uh, I see a lot of ways in which Sedalia can grow and shine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so um, you're following a, a number of great mayors and a lot of folks that have served on a city council. And uh, so do you have some ideals out there? Uh, in other words, you've got an interest. And in, so, what would be your focus as our new mayor? Uh-huh. Well, uh, so focus number one focuses infrastructure. We're talking about. Uh, 
sewer sewer systems, uh, the, the pipe systems that get take our sewer to the plant and the plants themselves. That's a big one. It, it's a bad day if you can't flush the toilet, right? Uh, <laughs> that gets that's, everybody's attention. That's for sure. But now yeah. that's been a project ongoing for a number mm -hmm. of years because yeah. it used to be that uh, runoff water, rainwater, mm -hmm. would actually mix in with the with the sewer and then... Well, we still have that problem with inflow and infiltration. Okay. That, that comes from a number of sources. Uh, one would be from homeowners that have uh, sump pumps hooked up to the sewer system. Okay. Or downspouts going into the sewer system. That right. still exists. Mm -hmm. We've also got where previously, before we went and we redid our uh, demolition permit process, there wasn't really a whole lot of checks and balances on how those buildings were being demolished. And so the utility lines, I, I would suspect there are utility lines out there that did not get retired properly okay. that are open. And those can be a huge source of, uh, of inflow into our sewer system. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the uh, infiltration with pipes that are aged. We've got some pipes that are... I've heard we've got pipes, sewer pipes that are built, made out of brick, of wood, all kinds of right. things, mm -hmm. clay, yes. uh, that are old, old, and uh, you're getting a lot of stormwater coming in and infiltrating those pipes. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a, we had Burns and McDonald down, this was back in April, they did uh, put together a wastewater master plan for us, and that was, uh, they, they identified an area over in the kind of the, the older part, the center section of town, mm -hmm. where those inflow and infiltration problems were pretty significant. Mm -hmm. And then we need to do about, I think it's $4 million worth of capital improvements over there. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, also to share with our listeners, I think that some of the uh, improvements that's been done, although they were needed, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those were actually dictated by the federal government and state government that yeah. says, hey, you will get this fixed. Mm -hmm. And and having rainwater or surface water get into the sewer system, that also creates uh, uh, more expense on the city part that because does. that has to be separated out in some fashion at yep. some point. Yep, it has to go somewhere. Uh, another thing we got going on, speaking of orders of compliance, is with DNR. We've got an order of compliance for our North Sewer Plant. Uh, they put that put us on an order of compliance. I want to say it was probably four four years ago. Don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And we're coming to a point where we're we're getting the the property together for the new plant, having it designed because. Uh, I mean, you, sewer plant, you're looking at, that's at least a, a two-year process and a lot of money. Sure. Uh, so we're getting that together, too, in order to um, a, comply with that order of compliance. Okay. So. And and so the, the North Sewer Plant, is that the one on West Main Street? And off, uh, no, the West Main Street one, that would be central. Okay. North would be out off of uh, Georgetown Road. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then it, it's old enough to where it's just a basic old filtration, uh, particular filtration plant. They're not doing any type of uh, UV disinfectant or anything like that. So what you're putting out there is just essentially filtered water. Okay. Okay. Uh, filtered wastewater. Is that close to where the old city dump was at one time? I do not know that. Okay. It was out, um, was it North Stateville Boulevard, and you follow out that way, and you end up in Georgetown area, something mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So 
Uh, I brought up the fact that the, the, we do that, what you've called the central plant now, mm -hmm. uh, is on West Main Street. Yep, and we are in the middle of doing some upgrades of central plant as well. Okay, uh, all right. And, uh, and I, I notice as I drive by, there's some solar panels there. Yep. And so um, uh, tell us about that whole project. Mm -hmm. That was uh, with, uh, oh, and the name escapes me, the contractor that did that for us. MC Power. Yep. Uh, okay. And so the uh, there were they figured out the payback on that, and that was something we uh, used uh, it was uh, capital investment funds for because mm -hmm. uh, the the payback. I mean, it seemed pretty like a good deal. Yes, yes, I, I, and I can tell you uh, from a little experience that uh, Pettis County government mm -hmm. uh, put in uh, three 25 kW units. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows about those because they're on yeah. top of the Pettis County Courthouse and yeah. on top of the Pettis County Jail, so you yeah. can't see those. Yeah. Uh, they were put in about 10 years ago, and they had about a 30-month payback. So, yeah. you know, when you crunch the numbers, you know, it mm -hmm. costs a little bit of money to put those in, but quite often, if you do the right calculations, you can you can actually generate a benefit for the the community in your case the cities is of course save some money yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so yeah that should be money ahead that that project okay and yeah. so uh, I, I you know we don't have a planned agenda here this morning but we yeah. talked about the sewer let's talk about the water situation mm -hmm. uh you know sedalia has got you know really good quality water mm -hmm. uh beautiful of course you got the older water tower downtown but you got the west one out there mm -hmm. beautiful water tower out there uh, quality water has got to be one of the quality features within our community. Yeah. Uh, and I know that there's some, some controversy or comments in regards to Spring Fork Lake. We haven't been getting surface water from them out there yeah. for a bunch of years. Yeah. Everything is well water now. Yeah. Are, 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 how do we stand on, on future with the water situation? Uh, as far as I know, everything's, uh, there are certainly upgrades that we can make to that system. We've applied for ARP funds to do some of that uh, through DNR. They uh, they put out oh I want to say it was a it was a call for for wastewater, uh, stormwater, and water upgrades. I think it, was, it amounts to about a five million dollar grant for each one of those. Mm -hmm. So we've put in put in some funds for that in order to to uh, upgrade our water filtration plants. Okay. And as far as the Spring Fork, we haven't gotten. I want to say it's been probably 20 years since we've gotten any water out of there. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that right now. I mean, they they're having trouble with algae blooms and things like that out there. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to be drinking any of that water. So. <laughs> good point. Good point. You know, I noticed a second uh, ago, Mayor, when you mentioned the ARP funds and mm -hmm. possibly applying for some of those. And we've had discussions about the ARP funds before on this program, and, and particularly when we've had some of the county officials. Uh, in here, mm -hmm. um, and and I know at the time they were actually waiting yet for something more definitive to come down the pipe. That's, that's a kind of a play on words uh, to come down the pipe on how those monies could could be used. Mm -hmm. um, is that is that still the case as far as what the city can have access uh, to as well? Yeah. So they've issued their final final rule. What well, kind of what we've decided to do with so that you have. You have monies that came down to the, at the state level, and the state level are using those for subgrant programs like the grants I talked about. Mm -hmm. And then we had direct payments that came down in the amount of about, I want to say it was four, $4.2 million. What we decided to do with those funds is to actually to set those aside so we can use those as match grants or matching funds 
for those uh, those grants that are coming down through the state, if that makes sense. Yes. That way you're making what you get go even even further than what it could have on its own. Mm -hmm. uh, that seemed like a fairly responsible course of action. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talk about uh, matching, matching grants, and I, uh, you know, I hear people talking about, you know, I wish they, the city would fix the sidewalks in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the front of our house, and, and you know, I know that you've got miles, and I talked to Steve, uh, Councilman Steve mm -hmm. Bliss the other day, and he said that, uh, you know, we've got miles and miles and miles of sidewalk out here, and yeah. of course you don't really realize that unless you maybe look at an aerial view of how mm -hmm. big Sedalia really is. Yeah. Uh, but I know you're making some good progress on there, and mm -hmm. you just received uh, a grant uh, to help with that effort. Yep, so the uh, we have 192 miles of sidewalk that needs to be repaired or replaced, believe wow. it or not. <laughs> you could be almost to St. Louis for that, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so the what we did is is we we appropriated $500,000 for sidewalk repair replacement this year, which seems like a lot of money it, compared to 192 Absolutely. miles. It's not necessarily a lot of money. And so uh, what staff did is they went ahead and applied for it's called a community development block grant. Yes. Uh, which gives us access to an additional $500,000. So that uh, totals out to be about a million dollars for sidewalk okay. repairs. Mm -hmm. And in writing that grant, that'll be over in the area of, uh, oh, like East 5th and New York. And that area is where the focus of that will be because that community development block grant came with some strings as far as uh, income, you know, income of the residents and things like that, mm -hmm. that they needed to, that helped us score for and win that grant, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And, yeah. and it had a lot, uh, I know previously, those kind mm -hmm. of block grants had something tied to a school. Mm -hmm. In other words, yep. if it was in yep. walking distance to a school, yep. you know, they really wanted those, because, mm -hmm. you know, not just adults are using those yep. sidewalks, but a lot of kids are yep. using those to get to school. And, and we tied that into uh, Washington School over there and made the, the, it a part of that. So. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So uh, this, now it's going to be a million dollars because you've said the city set aside a half a million. You're mm -hmm. going to get a half a million. Yeah. And out of the 192 miles of sidewalk, how much is that going to get? I do not know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think we get a couple miles at least. A couple uh, miles at least, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that, you know, asking questions like that lets yeah. our listeners know that yeah. this is, you know, pre-recorded, but it's basically yeah. live too, you know, as far we just as put you when, on the spot. When we're doing, uh, and I haven't done the math on it, when we're doing uh, repair and replacement on sidewalk, on the flat work, I believe it works out to about $7.50 a square foot. Okay. Uh, so that maybe gives me some type, some type of idea how far that could go. Now, sure. on the corners where you got your ADA corners, yes. it's going to be more expensive because there's a little more time and, and skill right. and materials involved in putting those in. And quite often, you don't know the contractors, the, the people actually, actually getting there and, do, and doing the work, mm -hmm. don't know if there's a pipe underneath there or something yeah. that might need to be moved or electrical line or something. So. Yeah. Well, you really don't know that until you yeah. start digging. So. Now, that's something interesting, uh, speaking about that, because our previous methodology was sidewalk replacement before we got the grant that's tied to that area was we were going in and anywhere where we were doing a water main replacement project, mm -hmm. we were taking those water mains and putting them directly under the sidewalk. Okay. Reason being is is that water main, the uh, life expectancy is 50 years. Sidewalk life expectancy is about 50 years. So about the time you're having to replace your sidewalks again, you're going to be replacing your water mains and you're going okay. to be and doing it all. So that made a lot of sense. Okay. Well, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we're about to wrap up our first segment of Let's Talk. So stand by and we'll be right back. 
Good morning and welcome to the second segment of uh, Let's Talk. Uh, in the studios, we got uh, Tim Carter, Ron Tolmer, and myself, John Meehan, and we have the privilege of having the Honorable Mayor Andrew Dawson uh, visiting with us. And of course, I've already shared, uh, Mayor Dawson, thank you for taking the time for being mm -hmm. here. I know yeah. you got a busy schedule, and and um, uh, I know that this uh, your job as mayor is really kind of uh, lessened uh, your ability to actually hold a job. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's right. You know, and and but you know, being a mayor mm -hmm. of a city of our size is a full-time job and, and we appreciate you stepping up and doing yeah. that because I know that that's not always been the case yeah. uh, within our history and uh, we appreciate your service thank yeah. you very much um, we uh, I, I, you know watch you watch and listen to a little bit of the news and we got some exciting things happening in today and one of but we've already talked about sidewalks mm -hmm. okay but you know the next thing right next to the sidewalks are our streets that's right and we've got some and what the exciting piece of that is is that uh, the city and I know the county always looking for more efficient ways to keep our streets in good repair and and we all have hit a pothole at some mm -hmm. point in some time uh, whether it be in front of our house or you know along but uh, you, the city is addressing that and I know they put some money mm -hmm. aside they've made some purchases purchases tell us about the progress there okay last uh, last May we got a milling machine what that does is it comes in and it grinds up the top layer of asphalt yes gets it ready for uh, overlay mm -hmm. and so then uh, just this last Monday we took uh, possession of a paver brand new paver state-of-the-art piece of equipment to where we can come back in and we can lay down new asphalt mm -hmm. so previously we any type of road rebuilding projects we had to contract that stuff out uh, now with these new pieces of equipment that expands our staff's abilities or capabilities to go out and rebuild roads so that's pretty exciting yeah. now that does not mean the end of chip and seal though does it no that does not mean the end of chip and seal chip and seal is an important piece of maintenance uh, as far as road maintenance as far as keeping our keeping our roads looking good mm -hmm. uh, but before that's that was our only tool in the toolbox was chip and seal mm -hmm. uh, so now having these new pieces of equipment we're going to be able to get more done uh, with less. And another piece of that too is, is like we, and we had kicked around just leasing the equipment, right? Uh, for a month or two throughout the summer. One of the troubles you run into whenever you're doing a lease is, is your asphalt plant is weather dependent. Mm -hmm. So if your asphalt plant is shut down, you're not working. So let, let's say we, you know, we, uh, we shot for June, we got the equipment leased for June, got it in here, and then we had a, you know, a bunch of rain in June that shuts us down and limits the amount we can get done right. while, while we've got that equipment leased. So it just made money sense to go ahead and purchase that. Mm -hmm. You may have answered this, and I, I may have uh, slept through it, Mayor, but mm -hmm. uh, what's the cost on this thing? So the, uh, I want to say the, on our milling machine, I believe it was 700000 and then on the paving, the paver was around three. So a million dollar investment mm -hmm. anyway, or something yep. over that. Now, were we able to avail the uh, availability of uh, grants on that, or is that just? Nope, that was, yeah, that was just a, uh, uh, that was equipment we purchased. I, I can't remember exactly which fund that purchase came out of, but yeah. So uh, just so our listeners understand, mm -hmm. the milling machine, 
you know, knowing city streets and, and actually watching the progress on Ohio Street down there with the mm -hmm. whole streetscape uh, enhancement down there, which, by the way, is just fantastic. I think yeah. that's really makes our community attractive. Uh, downtown Sedalia, you know, courthouse, et cetera. That, you know, what, what a neat area and great community we live in because of that. Uh, but for our listeners, that uh, when you do the milling piece of that, uh, that's necessary because you're actually grinding up the top two, maybe three inches of that, mm -hmm. and that's necessary because you got curbs that you're working on on both sides. Yep. So you mill that up, uh, mm -hmm. and 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 uh, and then you come back with the actual the paving piece of that, and and that's uh, dependent upon the availability of the. Uh, the pavement that you're that you're getting in. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then also checking the the base underneath of it, making sure it's got a good base under it. That's an important piece of it too. Yeah. I know there was uh, when we first the, one of the first projects we used that milling machine on was out off of uh, North Quincy, and we went through, milled that up, and it was just asphalt laid over clay dirt. Uh, okay. There was no. You need to have about a foot of base underneath of that. It was not there. Uh, so we had to go back in and put that put that base down, but that's another key component of that. And and that's that's expensive because mm -hmm. you're getting the gravel from somewhere. And yeah. so our listeners understand base is typically gravel mm -hmm. that then has to be packed down and yeah. usually on a couple different layers to make yep. that to be able to withstand. Yeah, uh, you're rebuilding roads, and if you don't have that base underneath there, what ends up happening is you end up with these huge. I mean, like we're talking foot deep ruts in right. the asphalt because the asphalt just conforms and and goes. <laughs> goes wherever it goes that's wherever right. it goes without any of that structure behind yeah. it and then you're then you're going down a road that's mm -hmm. wavy and you're yep. in a washboard kind mm -hmm. of a situation yep. so now thompson boulevard is going to yep. get some attention yep so we uh signed the ordinance and council passed the ordinance uh monday night with regard uh, to engage i believe it's higgins higgins asphalt yes uh okay. I think it's $471,000 that we're going to be paying to have that redone. Mm -hmm. But they'll be going through there, uh, re, you know, milling, it off, milling off, I think it's the top two inches, and then go ahead and putting down new asphalt and putting a nice crown there in the road. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that that road previously had any type of crown in it. So you had a lot of water that was just, just setting and pooling. Yes. And that, of course, leads to a shorter life expectancy on your road. So that, that crown will help get them move that that water out to the edges and then down into the uh, stormwater system, uh, stormwater system. Yeah, I, we talked a little bit about, uh, Mr. Mayor, the uh, the budgeting uh, and what the city council actually sets in hierarchy mm -hmm. as far as, you know, what's the most important that they feel for our community. Yeah. And one of those is, um, I don't want to use the wrong term here, but maybe some neighborhood cleanup and more mm -hmm. specifically the demolition of some very unkept places usually owned yep. by people who uh, don't live here anymore mm -hmm. or have really just abandoned their property and that sort yep. of thing. So uh, how much money is the city setting aside for demolition and about how much does it cost to say just tear a house down? So to tear a house down, you're looking at probably, I'd say on average, if it's a average size house, not, you know, not too tall, mm -hmm. uh, not near any close structures, okay. you're probably looking at about seven to $8,000 okay. uh, by the time you tear it down and you haul it off. Mm -hmm. uh, council, I believe this past budget session, they set aside $200,000 for demolitions. Mm -hmm. uh, now we have our own uh, equipment in-house where we can go ahead and we can stretch that a little further. 
by using our own manpower and our own equipment. And we, we do that pretty regularly. Now, there are instances like this, uh, this past count, uh, city council meeting, we outsourced two jobs. Uh, one was at 5th and Missouri, and then the other one was at uh, over 700 block uh, Laf Lafayette. Okay. And so those were, the, the demolitions on those, they were real close to neighboring structures. And so there was a little more complex, and they were going to need a bigger pieces of equipment, and then you're going to need to do some things for stabilization when you're pulling them down to make sure you don't have a house sure. falling on a house. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we out, outsource those to uh, a couple companies. And is, uh, someone told me at one time that asbestos is a, a key factor in all this process, yeah. too. So. Asbestos can be. Uh, you can run into some asbestos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and... And not that it's a cheap endeavor, uh, if, if you're talking, again, with the properties without problems, if it's $8,000, um, $200,000 in the budget will, will allow you to, to, to do quite a few. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the other side of that is, is, is not the uh, deconstruction of it or demolition or whatever you want to call it. Obviously, you got a lot of I's to dot and T's to cross mm -hmm. from a legality standpoint. Yeah to allow you to do that in the first mm -hmm. place. Yep. Yeah, there's an entire process that a building goes to when it gets to that point. Uh, and it, that can take years as far as the, uh, they get, uh, I think they get noticed up on exterior appearance first, then it gets moved into dangerous buildings. Mm -hmm. They get noticed up on that. Uh, and then at some point with the CBO will go ahead and after they've identified some major structural issues with the building, uh, the uh, chief building official will go ahead and declare that a dangerous building. Then it goes through to Board of Appeals. And so they'll notice up the property owners, let them know that, hey, you have a dangerous building, you need to take care of it. Uh, if you don't, then we need to, you need to come appear before the Board of Appeals. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they go before Board of Appeals. A lot of times we don't have people show up. I mean, because we're talking about absentee absentee owners and just there's anytime you see a a home that's fallen down, there's usually some type of story behind that, right? Uh, and so, but they notice everybody up, get them to that board of appeals hearing to where they can be heard, and if they need additional time to to fix it or to demolish it, they can go ahead and uh, ask that board of appeals for that. A lot of times they give it to them and. Uh, so that's kind of the, the process through by which that goes, uh, trying to work with those property owners to get them back into compliance. Mm -hmm. And that's always our, our goal is always voluntary compliance with code enforcement actions. Uh, that's where we, we want to be, but it doesn't always end that way for a variety of reasons. So uh, to change subjects uh, a little bit, Andrew, mm -hmm. you know, when you stepped into the mayor's office, um, you also stepped into uh, what has been going on up to date uh, controversies as well as um, well basically anything that the mayor's office is involved in you've stepped into that as well and that may end up being a play on words as well with the question I'm asking uh, because obviously we, we've as, as a lot of people know we've had a, a big issue over the last year plus uh, controversy with regard to waste facilities um, and, you know, we don't know where that's going, but obviously uh, Sedalia has to be able to do something mm -hmm. uh, with, it, with its waste. And now we were talking off mic a little bit, and uh, you made uh, a comment regarding uh, if, you know, if we don't have a facility here locally, of course we'd be looking at uh, trucking mm -hmm. uh, the waste somewhere else, and you were talking about the potential impact on that on 
the city and the city finances. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that problem and uh, you know where you see things stand and, and what the city needs to be concerned with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, uh, well, what you would see is, is if, if we didn't have a facility we could go to, I think you'd see an, an increase in those uh, rates that we have to charge for uh, hauling trash. I mean, that that's just, that's what's gonna have to happen. Uh, and I would, I hate to hazard a guess, but I'd probably see an increase of somewhere between 20 and 30% on that if we're having to haul it off to another facility. As far as what we're doing right now, we're just kind of waiting and seeing how this is all gonna play out within the legal system uh, and seeing where it all goes. Uh, but it's definitely a concern as far as, cause you gotta have somewhere to go with the trash. You know, most importantly, and I, I give uh, compliments to the city of Sedalia and, uh, and the leadership because uh, they've, they've created a strategic plan, mm -hmm. they, they've got several things on the radar, and uh, the most importantly is that waste facility is on the city's radar now, mm -hmm. you know, so the outcome of that, you know, is yet to be determined, yeah. uh, and as you alluded to, there's some legal action being being held right now, and mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, this, at least the city's aware of it, they know mm -hmm. where they're going to go, and, and, mm -hmm. and hopefully I know probably one of the the biggest issues within those within the city uh, that get some and had some uh, recycling processes. You know, I think mm -hmm. people want to recycle yeah. and the city provided that opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But then of course, then the recycling business kind of dried up and it might mm -hmm. be coming back a little bit now, mm -hmm. but yet uh, I think I think the, the typical homeowner, landowner, renter inside the city limits mm -hmm. would like to participate yeah. in that. And so uh, the point I'd like to bring out, we still are taking recyclables at the materials management side uh, how it, but now it's all whenever you go out there it's all sorted out in the bins right and the the, le the level of material that we get there as far as the quality the people that are taking that out there and hauling it out there they're making sure there's no food they're making sure the bottles been washed out they're okay. making sure the cardboard's clean that's going in the cardboard bin they're they're taking care to make sure that there's no contamination now who is so, they uh, the, the individuals. The that individual. Are, yeah, they're yeah, being conscientious yeah, enough they're being before conscientious. they take. That's Excellent. right. Excellent. Yeah, because they're t they're, it's additional effort for them to get out there. Sure. Now, whereas before, when right. we were doing single stream and we were picking up in the blue bins, mm -hmm. we were getting contamination because it, the uh, it, you just kind of get a, a mixed bag, right? And so, like, one pizza in a pizza box thrown in that, in that blue container contaminates a whole load. Then that load ends up going to the dump. Okay. And that's another uh, little another misconception I like to clear up is that the recyclables from that materials management site go to a transfer station at GFL, which is the uh, the Current. landfill out there current, yes. and then they move on to Harrisonville to the recycling center. Okay. So we've had some people that have followed the the guys hauling uh, the recyclables, and it looks like they're going out to the dump. Well, they are going to the dump, but they're going to the transfer station to take it up to Harrisonville. Excellent point. Yeah. yeah so.
And welcome back to Let's Talk. I uh, heard, heard every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock on uh, KSIS 1050 on your radio. Uh, appreciate those folks at the radio station who allow us to, this time to devote a little bit uh, to community service and, and let uh, keep our listeners informed of what's going on throughout our community. Uh, if you've just tuned in, we've got the honor of having the Honorable Mayor Andrew Dawson in our studios this morning. And he's addressed some really key questions that we've thrown at him, and we've got a few more. But we ended the last session on recycling, uh, and and we I, and I apologize, but I kind of cut you off there toward the end because we needed to go to the commercial breaks. Uh, but you, you were ready to talk a little bit more about dual uh, uh, the dual stream recycling. Yep. Okay, yeah, tell us about so that. So I think so as far as exploring recycling, I think dual stream recycling that could be something that we could explore that, that may be feasible to do. Mm -hmm. And so what you would see, uh, some other communities have experimented with that. You'd, you'd be using the same container and then you'd be picking up different materials that are already pre-sorted out of that container on different days of the week. Like uh, perhaps you'd have one day where you're doing uh, plastics and then another pickup day where you're doing cardboard uh, to where you're separating that stuff out. And I, I think that makes that more economically feasible to do, uh, doing it that way. And that's what, that's what they've seen. I don't think Dallas, Texas was doing that. Uh, and they've seen where that's, that's actually doable. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, previously in our previous segments, uh, Mayor, we, I had a couple questions in regards to uh, uh, some demolition, demolition mm -hmm. of some homes that were very badly deteriorated. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess uh, I, having... Uh, I've had some communications with some of your staff people with mm -hmm. the city of Sedalia, and I found them to be if 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 someone gets a notice from the city that mm -hmm. something needs to be done, uh, they're also given some information to say if you need help with something or let us we'll be happy to guide you through this process. So mm -hmm. it's not like the city's just sending out a letter saying you need to get your act together. Yeah. They really are stepping up to yeah. say we're willing to help you mm -hmm. uh, to solve the problem. Yep, yeah, and I would encourage anybody that gets one of those notices to go ahead and call the uh, usually the code enforcement officers listed on that notice call them and then they will work with you in order to and like i said our goal is always voluntary compliance yes so they will work with you to try to get you into volunteer your property into voluntary compliance mm -hmm. excellent and 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 there's another new program that i know that the city of sedalia mm -hmm. uh, and i say relatively new it's been on the the state of missouri statute books for a long long time yep. uh, but the city of Sedalia just recently within the last year uh, did the research and made this available and that's the chapter 353 program mm -hmm. and that's where there are some income or other uh, income or tax abatement available mm -hmm. to those folks who are const in construction and home mm -hmm. building that could build within that designated area yep. and get them some tax relief and then also of course put brand new good quality homes within our city limits yep and i'd love to yeah we haven't had anybody take advantage of that program yet i would love to see some people take advantage of that so if you're out there and that's something that you're interested in, please come down and talk to us. So what that is, is, is you, uh, it's chapter 353 of the Missouri Revised Statutes. It allows us to establish a uh, redevelopment corporation that, that, that in turn can go ahead and uh, get some work as a pass-through for some tax abatements mm -hmm. to where like a, uh, a residential homeowner, let's say they had a, that was in the a home that was in the area of the chapter, the 353 area 
they could go ahead and apply for the uh, tax abatement for covering the cost of putting a new roof on the house or go. for uh for you know i think hvac's another one masonry work things like that removing the blight from their home okay uh and so then instead of paying property taxes they're paying their they're they're paying their note on the the cost of those improvements if that okay. makes sense yes uh, yeah. now you have to be very careful with that and judicious with those because uh you have other taxing jurisdictions like school district community college that's where they get their funding right so you want to make sure that you're you you're using that wisely uh even though there is no but for requirement that you are kind of using that but for as a guideline but for these incentives this wouldn't happen okay uh and so it but the idea is is you bring you fix those properties that are uh kind of here and there right and you bring the entire pro you bring the property values of the entire neighborhood up covers the cost of the abatements and also in turn helps out those taxing jurisdictions to, to get more revenue to do what they need to do sure okay and, and the whole concept behind this is to make our city as beautiful as it is even more beautiful that's so, right yeah that's okay. right so um uh, we talked earlier in the program about some grants and one of them mm -hmm. would be the sidewalk grants and and how mm -hmm. they're you know half a million dollars from the city of sedalia got you another mm -hmm. half a million dollars from grant money and you're able to do twice as many sidewalk uh, replacements uh, but you tell us a little bit about you just the city today you just got seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a grant yep talk so, to us about that yeah so that was the paul Bruin grant and that's and that's exciting too because that's not tax funds those are uh that's collected from fees from offshore welling uh, uh drilling operations okay yeah so those are the fees from that they collect some of that and make this grant program i think we were one of 13 to be selected throughout the nation uh, for that, but it's, it works out to be about $750,000 that we'll receive for a sub-grant program that we're going to structure for those downtown buildings to help repair those and uh, put new roofs on them and masonry work and all that good stuff. Uh, it, my, my dream is, is to structure that sub-grant program and award additional points to match to where if you're coming in and you're, let's say you're matching, uh, you know, 50%, uh, you, 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 let's say you're doing a $70,000 roof, you're going to match it with $35,000 of yours, and you're applying for $35,000 in the subgrant program, you'd get a higher a point award, and it could potentially be uh, get that award versus somebody else who's going to put a lower match. That way you end up expanding that program to where you're doing more with uh, – you know less dollars so mm -hmm. that makes sense you know obviously with the the monies that you've talked about that mm -hmm. are coming via grant mm -hmm. uh we've got some good grant writers yep. <coughs> here in sedalia yep. yeah. yeah and that's uh director ardry and director simmons downtown they they take care of all that mm -hmm. yeah. well i um i know uh, audrey and and she just does a, a tremendous job in mm -hmm. her background and experience and all that and and so, yes, the, the bottom line is, to make sure our listeners understand, there's a lot of grant opportunities out there. Yep. But you have to know how to, how to put those grants together and write them up. And usually it almost ends up to be a book that actually gets submitted to, you know, to the folks that actually have the money. Yeah. And so that takes a tremendous amount of time and effort and knowledge to be able to put all that together. So what a quality staff that you have. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and, and, you know, as, you, as we talk about staff, uh, 
uh, let's lead into that a little okay. bit. You know, let's talk about, you know, you got the street department, you got uh, mm-hmm. all these different pieces there that have to fit together. How are you doing on staffing? Well, so we're just like anybody else right now. We're having problems with getting staffing. Uh, and we're, we're working on incentives and things like that to attract people. But it, it is a... Uh, it is a, a different different deal. I don't know where the people are that work or <laughs> we need them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, and it, that does so as far as concerns that does concern me because uh, you have so much money out there right now that's being printed. Uh, inflation is shooting through the roof. Then you've got wage pressure. Uh, that that is a concern mm-hmm. as far as our economy. And that's just, that's not just here. That's everywhere. You well, know? and I think uh, our listeners can relate to this. I mean, John Meehan mm-hmm. can relate to this because mm-hmm. you know I have a you know a certain income, and mm-hmm. when I go to the grocery store or the gas pump or whatever, then that leaves a little bit less money that I've got to spend on other things mm-hmm. that I like to spend it on. Uh, and the city today is in that same situation, yeah. only in a much 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 huger scale. Yeah. Uh, you know, the price of fuel yeah. for all, just running the trucks that you mm-hmm. know that you're running. And all of those things. Yeah, that price of fuel, uh, we ca- we projected that out. It was an 80% increase. I think it worked out to be an additional $230,000 we are going to have to spend on fuel this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that affects things. For oh, sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, an additional quarter of a million dollars out of your mm-hmm. budget that is mm-hmm. is balanced, well, then you, you got to find the money somewhere yeah. else to make that work. Yep. And so when we were, that's something that we, we looked at, oh, it's probably been two or three months ago. But we went ahead and there were some uh, discretionary items that we kind of scaled back. We found about a million dollars that we could do a budgetary holdback on mm-hmm. on those projects. And th- that way we could kind of wait and see where this was all going to go. Sure, sure. Because it, it is odd. I mean, you normally when in a... Uh, in a recession, which I, I believe we're in a recession. Sure. What happens is is you, you've got cost of goods going up and unemployment goes up. Mm-hmm. But now, right now, the way it is, it, your unemployment, I mean, record lows. Right. So it's, it's hard to see where this is all going to go. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of sitting back and seeing what's going to happen. Uh, Mr. Mayor, again, thank you. Mm-hmm. We're about to wrap up the show here, but thank you again for taking the time and coming in. Is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, you, you know, what's the maybe the goals of you as mayor to continue on? Uh, well, certainly cleaning up Sedalia. That's always been a goal of mine. I mean, even under Katie as a councilman, that was uh, a large push is neighborhoods and neighborhood improvements and uh, mm-hmm. and infrastructure. I mean, that's that pretty much sums it up. Well, and and I know that uh, the uh, you talked earlier about the uh, the city council in creating that strategic plan mm-hmm. and approving a budget. And you know, when you have to take money out of uh, some projects that were maybe a little bit less critical mm-hmm. and pay for more fuel, I mean that's an important factor because those other projects. Uh, although they were at the bottom, uh, mm-hmm. toward the bottom of the list, the city council thought that they were important. Yeah. So, you, you know, that's it's, yeah. it's going to affect all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sure does. Okay. It sure does. Well, to our listeners, we appreciate you uh, listening to us the, this Saturday morning. Uh, Let's Talk is heard every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock on KSIS 1050. Tune in. Thank you.